Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. There's a lot of firsts happening right here, right now. This is the first time that we have done Let's Talk Movies with Moira and Shannon live. In person. And in the first time in person, I'm so excited to be sitting here with the fabulous Moira Giamatteo. And good morning and welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, this, this is, I've said to you many times, this is the delight of my month. This is my, my beyond guilty pleasure. Yeah. Uh, so, so excited to be here with you. This is also our second annual Oscar edition. I know. That's so exciting. We, we started this last year because I, I had been posting a lot of things. You were posting a lot of things. And then at one point you made the comment. You said, oh, my goodness, we're like the Siskel and Ebert of autism moms. And, I, and we were talking about doing an Oscar show, and I was like, well, I have to get her to do that. I was so excited when you said yes. Mm-hmm. And then we did it, and I went, I just want to keep doing this every month. And somehow we've managed to do that. And it's been so much fun. And I, I feel like we've gotten better and better at figuring out how to, how to have our little banter and figure out our movies and what we're going to talk about. It's been a great experience. Well, you've been so much help with so many things. So remarkable. And we're excited to be doing this live with you guys. I'm saying hello to Michelle already, who's joining us. We hope that if you're watching right now, you can write in your comments to us as we talk about some of these movies, because we're going to go through the major categories and tell you where our heads are at before the big ceremony that is happening on Sunday. I also want to remind myself and everyone else that we're changing the clocks here in the United States on Sunday. Yes. I just think that's a recipe for disaster. And if I were writing comedy for the show, I would make sure that somebody shows up late and says, I'm here, you know, or or whatever, because I think something is going to go awry because of that. Uh, But to remind everybody, when we're live, we're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other sites. Traven's going to show you what those sites are. You can be writing in. Uh, ask questions, uh, do whatever you'd like. We're going to get started talking about the movies in just a second, but because Moira is here with us, we want to talk with her always uh, a little bit about things happening over at Taka. Mm -hmm. We love us some Taka, Mm -hmm. and you're very involved over there. Tell Tell them about what's going on. Well, Taka is a fabulous organization, stands for the Autism Community in Action, and um in April, we have what we're calling our, our conference series, and it's basically the entire month of April. Um, we are going to have content available within our um, app that's called Taka Connect, and it is uh, 
terrific. There's going to be recorded content. There's going to be workshops and panels with experts. So you will have your chances to ask questions you need to to help your kiddo. And uh, the we always have a mentor hour. So there's there are mentors, parents that are volunteers that have been been there, done that, that are ready to help you figure out how do I do this next step? So it is, uh, right now it's $35, um, and that's at, we're not doing another price hike, so it is $35 um, to access the series, and you will have that access for about another 30 days post, you know, the, uh, for the recorded sessions. Some of the sessions are live, um, but the thing that's great is it is covered by Regional Center, but um, Regional Center only covers one thing a year, so, if money is tight, we have scholarships available and have regional center pay for something that costs more than $35, yes. you know? So, and we're, and don't feel shy about asking for a scholarship. They are available to you. Uh, you're not taking it away from somebody else and uh, go to the website. There's a link to click to ask about how do I get a scholarship for the registration. We are so happy to provide that because we don't want that to stand in the way of you learning what you need to do to help your kiddo. You yeah. Know? And if you don't know um, TACA, you can go to their website, tacanow.org. If you don't know TACA, I really want to encourage you to go to this conference because it'd be a great entree into knowing some of the things they do because you'll go, oh my gosh, everything I've been looking for these people have and they're here answering my question and helping me to know all these things. If you already know Taka, you know this is like the best deal on the block and you can drop in when you want to, not when you don't want to. Uh, not feel pressured by it. It's not like you have to pack your bag and find somebody to watch your kid to go to this conference. Right. It's coming into your home all month, mm -hmm. different topics each month, and yep. the topics will blow your mind. Yeah, every week is a different topic, and you know we're covering um, speech and communication, education, um, and IEPs, uh, medical, com you know, medically complex kiddos, and challenging behaviors. So we have a theme of every week, and we're bringing in the topics that cover those those themes. And then we'll have the workshop after, you know, where we'll help brainstorm and give you sort of action items because we we like to call it Autism Action Month because you gotta, you know, you gotta take action, and this is what we want to help you do is to learn what your next steps will be. And it's amazing what you guys do. It's absolutely amazing. So I, I hope you guys will check that out. So you should go to T-A-C-A-N-O-W dot org. Uh, and, and I'm sure that there will be a banner there to click on that says the, the yeah, upcoming. Conference and the pull-down menu also has a, a, a selection for conference. So, yeah. I, you know, there's a lot of things that we will tell people about resources and things over the years. And, and you know, on a daily basis, we try to do that. But I always love when I can tell people to go to a TACA conference because I always get it back up. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for telling me this. This no. changed everything. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Because you not only feel like the embrace of a community of people who get it, mm -hmm. which we all need. Mm -hmm. You all need that, right? But they don't just tell you things, although they will tell you things that are pivotal, but then they help you to know how to implement it for your life, right. not for somebody else's right. who's wearing a cape <laughs> and knows what agar agar is. Mm -hmm. For your 
your life, right? Because mm-hmm. we all know those super moms who are like, I baked this with air and agar agar, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know you. I don't, my life doesn't support that. Yeah. But you guys have the practical tips mm-hmm. and the support. It's amazing what you guys do. Yeah. I'm, I'm in gratitude always for the Thank things you. that you guys Thank do. You. Yeah, it's, it's been a, an amazing organization to be a volunteer for as well as an employee for. They're, it's just fabulous. You feel good. Every day you feel like you're doing something that's helping and that. Well, that's you gratifying. do. You Thank do. You. <laughs> and you were somebody, you specifically were somebody who helped me on my oh, journey, uh, so which is how I met Moira. Mm-hmm. So get yourself that. You all deserve that, to have people that are in your corner that you can ask a question. And mm-hmm. you have all kinds of things, not just this conference, but the conference is looming large and you guys should participate in it. Yep. $35. And if you don't have the $35, no harm, no shame, apply for a scholarship. I, in fact, was a recipient of a scholarship way back when. Don't you know, don't, don't be deny yourself mm-hmm. uh, having some support and um, getting some questions answered. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Talk um, that we- I think that's good for, you know, I want to push people towards that because I yeah. think that it's right around the corner. We're yes. almost ooh, almost halfway through March. So There we go. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So now we get to talk about the Oscars and the movies. Mm-hmm. And it may be that maybe you haven't seen any of the movies because mm-hmm. I know people who are like, I haven't seen anything. I don't mm-hmm. really care. Um, and they're like, I wish I knew, but I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, so we're going to go through some of them for you to give you an idea. Maybe you're going to an Oscar party and, or you're doing one virtually online Mm -hmm. and you don't know what to put on your ballot. You can, you know, take either one of our suggestions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we don't, (laughs) but I love that. Mm -hmm. That's actually my favorite thing when we don't agree. Me too. Um, because I, I learned something about what you saw in the movie that I didn't see and we agree to disagree. So Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, let's jump right into this. Okay. Uh, and we're we're going to start out with the first category that is often, often, I don't know if it's going to be this time, but often the, the category that they give the first award to right. I never have understood why, but best supporting actor right here. So I'm going to read the, the nominees and then I'm going to let you, because you are so eloquent the way you talk about the different <laughs> movies. So, but in this category for, from Banshees of Inishirin, we have Brendan Gleeson, Brian Tyree Henry from Causeway, Judd Hirsch from The Fablemans, Barry Keegan from The Banshees of Inishirin, and Ki Hugh Kwan, hope I'm not saying it wrong, everything, everywhere, all at once. What do you think, Moira? Well, okay. Uh, my statement necklace might be a little bit of a giveaway. <laughs> Which I love, by little, the way. My little statement piece in my, in my hair. Um, I'm a, I went, went to Michael's and got some googly eyes because I needed a statement necklace. Um, so that's a little bit of a giveaway. But uh, I am really glad that Brian Tyree Henry was acknowledged because he's an actor I just discovered recently. And I just think he's wonderful. And I, I was very happy that he was acknowledged and, and he's hopefully got a long career ahead of him mm-hmm. because I think he was great. Um, and Judd Hirsch is a longtime favorite of mine. I watched Taxi, uh, you know, I've it, seen him uh, in a, so many things. Um, I'm glad he got the nomination, but I wasn't really blown away by the Fablemans in, you know, specifically. Um, and I felt like in a way, Hirsch was kind of over the top, but I feel like we kind of needed that because he was this larger than life character and he injected a little bit of energy into it. Um, but I felt like it was, I think maybe Spielberg was too close to the topic. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm, but we can talk more about that in the best picture um, category. Both Brendan Gleeson and uh, Barry Kagan for Banshees of Inisherin, great 
performances. Mm -hmm. um, not crazy about the movie. Uh, found it like frustrating, but I don't know. Maybe I was supposed to be frustrated by it. Who knows? But um, I think that I mean Brendan Gleeson is always good. Um, but I really went away with an impression of Barry Keegan, mm. and I just thought, oh my, who is this young man? And he he was just terrific. And if I'm not wrong. I think he might be from Broddy Ferry, Scotland, but I could be wrong. So somebody correct me. You can look it up and let us know in the comments. <laughs> but he broke my heart. But my pick is Ki Hugh Kwong, who I also hope I'm not butchering his name. Um, Hollywood loves a comeback story, and I love him. And I feel like it's been just delightful to watch the him be so appreciative of getting this second chance. It also underscores, like, why does somebody so talented as he not find any <laughs> any parts until yeah. now? It's a little frustrating, but thankfully he has been acknowledged now. And he he's physically different. His physicality in the different parts in Everything Everywhere All at Once, it's like a multiverse kind of different versions of, of life. And so everybody in that has to kind of play different roles. And he did... A wonderful job at that is like I, he looked so elegant in a tuxedo and then he looked like so like oh I gotta get my work done when he was you know in the sort of the working man kind of version of his life so he's my guy he's my guy how about you I'm in total agreement with you I think he's the clear winner you know we look at the Oscars all the time and we go okay sometimes you have to look at who had the 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 script written in a way that they had the range. And as you said, mm -hmm. he, you know, hands down, he had the best opportunity. He had mm -hmm. so many different things that he could play. So the range of what he showed us was amazing. We also take into consideration for the Oscars, sometimes it's a little bit political, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes mm -hmm. that's a part of who wins. Um, and also there, there's the emotional part about it. Like, who do we want to win? Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of people on that list that a case could be made for a lot of different parts of that. But it seems to me that he is the clear winner in all of those categories. The performance is flawless. Mm -hmm. He's such a range. It is an emotional choice. Mm -hmm. um, it's also a political choice and a statement about, um, you know, making sure that uh, often the Oscars has accused, been accused of being the Oscars so white. Mm -hmm. And so I, I you know, really uh, expect that he will win. But like you, I think that Barry Keegan's performance, I, did, I didn't have a problem with anybody who was nominated. Right. Honestly. Then um, in this, ca yeah, this, in this category, category I'm like, that's all good. I saw Causeway. I think uh, mm -hmm. Brian's performance was amazing. And I too am a new fan of his. Mm -hmm. um, and I, But I think that uh, and I, I love uh, Brendan Gleeson, although, I, I, you know, his son is one of my favorite actors ever. Oh, Donald, Donald Hall. Gleeson. Yeah. Oh. oh, my gosh. What, <laughs> He's a, what a great actor wonderful. with range. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, and you can see that, it, you know, where it comes from. He's inherited from his dad. But I do think that if I had to make a second choice, it would be Barry Keegan. I think his performance was so nuanced mm -hmm. in a film that was so deeply, to me, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> had problems with the script and the direction. But I thought that the performances mm -hmm. were, uh, were all pretty on par. And he would be my second choice. But mm -hmm. I don't, I th it's a distant choice. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that there's any chance um, that we're not going to see 
uh, the, the winner that we both agree on yep. uh, winning that. Okay. I think you're right. So, so we're in agreement. What do you guys think? If you have, uh, if you disagree, please write in and tell us. Uh, we're going to move on to the best supporting actress. Mm -hmm. I will need you to full screen it for me, Traven, because I'm blind as a bat today. <laughs> uh, so in this category, we're talking about Angela Bassett, nominated for, for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Wong Chow, uh, Hong Chow, excuse me, pa pardon my pronunciation of names, <laughs> from The Whale, Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Stephanie Sue for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. What are your thoughts, Moira? Well, you know... Again, the statement necklace says a lot. Um, but there are two people from that film in this That's category. Right. Well, Angela Bassett is amazing, and I do feel that she elevated the film. I like that a Marvel film has an acting nomination because I do feel like that's a, a groundbreaking thing for Marvel. Yep. Um, and I'm pleased with that. Uh, she didn't have, she had really pivotal scenes, but not a lot, but she nailed them. You know, um, so and it's it's not nominated for best picture, so that always you know that's always a hmm you know, but it happens sometimes. Yes. Sometimes the 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 performance goes above what the film is, but um, but yeah, I I don't think that it's her year for this. I don't. I'm not mad that she was nominated, mm -hmm. but I don't think she should win. Um, of the other folks. Hong Chao, she was amazing in The Whale. Amazing. Um, and she was, like, so brittle and bruised and vulnerable. And I loved the way her character was revealed piece by piece through the film. Um, and i really happy to see her in more stuff. She was amazing. I mean, yeah. she really was. So, again, wouldn't be upset if she got it. Um, Carrie Condon and Banshees of Inisherin was another bright spot in that film and I'm glad she got the recognition. I call her the voice of reason, but also passionate, compassionate when being brutally honest, mm -hmm. you know, and I like that about her. And then with Stephanie Sue, I am thrilled with her success and I had not realized she was also in the last season of uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She plays the girlfriend of uh, Mrs. Maisel's ex-husband and she has excellent comic timing. Mm -hmm. And now I've seen her in this, again, multifaceted, dramatic, comedic role and she was amazing. So, but that all said... It's Jamie Lee's year, in my opinion. And um, she, I just loved seeing her grab the reins and run with this really wacky role. And um, everything, everywhere, all at once, gave, as I said, gave all the actors this opportunity to create these amazing multifaceted characters. And then it was, um, I can't, it can't be overstated how fabulous Jamie Lee Curtis has been in social media. Mm unbelievably supportive of her film and all of her actors and um i love there was a meme created of her right after her reaction when michelle yo won mm -hmm. michelle Yeoh's going like this jamie lee curtis is like yeah and i love that and it's like this is what women supporting women look like and i'm like yes and i i just everything about her is just delightful so I want her. I want her to walk away with that statue. <laughs> I'm with you on this, but I think where you're a little bit more like. But if other people yeah. want it, I'd be okay. No, I'm going to throw <laughs> shoes, knives, everything if Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't get this award. I uh, just like in the last ca category. I'm. I don't have a. I don't have a bit of a problem with anybody who's been nominated. I thought they all did amazing performances. 
I have said, and I'll say it again, that Viola Davis should have been submitted in this category. Mm-hmm. It, uh, people lost their minds that she wasn't, she didn't get a nom for best actress for Woman King. And I, having screened the film, I don't, there are some roles that are the central role yeah. and then you are the supporting. And I believe that it's really on the line. But for me, that was more of a supporting role. I know mm. it's confusing because it's the title right. of the film, but it was more of a supporting role. And if they had put her in this category, I think she would have been nominated. Uh, and then, it, then, then we would have had an interesting conversation because mm-hmm. she does one heck of a performance in that. Yeah. But she wasn't submitted in this category. I, I'm thrilled um, with everybody else that's in there. I don't know who I would have taken out. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm sorry that Viola Davis didn't get a nomination. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, mm-hmm. there we are. Having said that, there is much talk that maybe Angela Bassett will win this um, mm. because it's more of a political choice. Mm. Um, and I and I, I will tell you, I love Angela Bassett. I thought she did a great performance. I don't think that the performance, I don't think the script gave her enough to warrant giving her the Oscar. I feel for like this. she had two good two scenes that were pivotal and important, and then that was kind of and it. and I don't I, I don't. Second guess the nomination, right. I, like, but I would second guess an award. Award, yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's warranted here. Whereas you put it up against Jamie Lee Curtis and and the actual gymnastics that she did. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's her time. Mm-hmm. Um, but she certainly did the performance. I, um, but I celebrate everybody else in the category. But mm-hmm. I do think it's Jamie Lee Curtis's year, and I will be. <laughs> Thoroughly ticked, <laughs> should she not take the award. You will hear me yell. Um, so there we have it. Okay, okay. moving on. Our next category, oh. be- we're going right to it. Yes. Best actor. Best actor. Best, <laughs> so, be- no, best actor, right? Yes, no? best actor. Oh, best actor. Yes. So uh, in this category, we have Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Austin Butler for Elvis, Bill Nye, is it Nye? Yeah, I say? So. Bill Nye mm-hmm. for Living, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin, and Paul Mescal from After Sun. And I, I just want to say, just like Sesame Street, you know, there was a little song they sang in Sesame Street, one of these things doesn't belong. <laughs> and we'll talk about which one I believe does not belong in this category. Yeah. I take issue. <laughs> I take it. Well, I'm going to start with my favorite, and and that would be um, Brendan Fraser. Um, I think he's going to win. I saw this film the other day, and I was sobbing. It was was so powerful. Um, He plays Charlie, and he delivers just startling performance. Um, It's like he's, he's... He's a 600-pound man who's housebound, and, and you really get to know him. Uh, he's trying to get reconnected with his daughter because his health is very bad. And um, he it's like all of his grief is he's absorbed all of his grief, and he's absorbing everybody else's grief and anger. And, you know, he's just, I don't know, it, it's just a startling performance. And I mentioned, you know, Hong Chao, mm-hmm. um, she's, um, but I also need to give a shout out to Sadie Sink, mm. who plays his daughter, and she, I, I wouldn't have been upset if she had been nominated, because she was amazing, she plays this teenager that's so filled with rage, but she managed to walk that fine line of becoming like a whiny nuisance, and actually you, you sympathize, even though she does some horrible things, and you're like, I don't understand you, but wow, she was incredible, um, so let me think, uh, there's some criticisms about the depiction of the character being a 600-pound man, but I, 
I'm not a big fan of Darren Aronofsky's in general, but I think what he did was force us to confront the reality of, of Charlie's situation and then also see the humanity, you know. And, and I, I, I keep thinking about The Elephant Man when, mm. I, when mm. I think about this film in a way, you know, of like just that. Anyway, I could go on and on. Um, Austin Butler did a terrific job, and biopics are always catnip to the um, Academy. But I, I don't see him winning, although I've heard scuttlebutt that he might be a front runner, mm. and I'm like, mm. Mm. Um, I think it was a flawed movie that was visually fantastic. So, mm, yeah. So I'm not. I don't know. I, I, I'm on the fence whether or not to be upset that he was nominated because I think he put a lot of work into it. There's a lot of craft there, but. Mm. Bill Nye, on the other hand, love, love, love him. This was a lovely, quiet performance, and it was wonderful to see a seasoned actor take the reins and run with it. Um, and this was adapted from a book by Kazuo, Kazuo oh, I'm butchering it, um, Kazuo Ishiguro. Okay. Good <laughs> and job. I'm sure, and please correct me because <laughs> I'm sure I'm wrong. And I looked at that, and he, the writer was born in Japan and moved to England. And it was interesting to see the two cultures kind of, and I think originally it had been done in, as set in Japan. I'm not sure. But I thought, I like it when we can find commonalities between our, our cultures, and I like that a lot. Um, so, yeah. I think you should definitely see that. I'm glad he was nominated because maybe more people will see it. Colin Farrell and Banshees of Inisherin always worth watching. I just didn't ha- happen to like the film, but I think he did the journey of this wide-eyed, innocent man to this very bitter, angry person, and it was sad to watch, but it was well. He did he did well. And then Paul Mescal after Sun, I just saw that the other day. And I was kind of like, what? Are you sorry? What? I'm not yet. <laughs> it was like, I felt like I was watching people's home movies, which I think mm-hmm. is what they wanted us mm-hmm. to feel. I also felt like sometimes I'm like, is he, is he in the scene? I can't see him. So him being nominated in this category, I'm like, hmm, you know, I don't know. We could probably argue that he was the supporting actor. Um, and I just wasn't crazy about the film. And it was very subtle. I, there was, and I had actually read the review. I didn't think I was going to have time to watch it before the show. Mm-hmm. So I had read the review of it before. And I felt like I had the Cliff's Notes, the cheat sheet. And so I think I saw more. My husband was like, I, what's going on? I don't know what happened. And I'm like, eh. You know, I, I, I had an advantage. So not a fan. But... Yeah. Well, Paul Mescal is the one that I feel doesn't belong in this category. And, and I agree with you. I don't think he belongs in, in the actor category. Mm-hmm. Like, if you wanted to put him in the best supporting actor category, then we could have a discussion about it. But he, I don't think he, he's not, he doesn't have enough screen time mm-hmm. to be a best actor nomination. Um, and, and it's not a movie I like. But what's interesting to me is I just had this epiphany. If you look at the five films, there's only one film that I liked. Mm. And that one I loved. Oh. I loved living. I mm. loved that. Now, I I appreciate performances, and sometimes a performance can be brilliant, but mm. I don't like the film. Right. right. Right? And that is certainly the case for The Whale. Right. I did not like the film. Um, I think what I learned is that uh, Darren Aronofsky mm-hmm. um, is an actor's director. Mm. 
mm-hmm. um, and that that's a great thing. Like, mm-hmm. that's a great skill to have. And he brought out some beautiful performances out of people, but he had no idea what to do with his film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and it's done very much like a play and not well mm-hmm. in terms of it's all in basically one room. There were so many opportunities to adapt it and take give, give it legs and let us see how this person actually see how this person goes from being somebody who struggles with weight issues to getting to the point that he's at. Right. That, to me, would have been compelling. We don't see that in the movie. However, mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser's uh, performance is... And do we say it Fraser or Fraser? It's Fraser. Fraser. I, I heard him say Fraser like Razor. Okay. So there we go. That's how um, I remember. Well... Uh, First of all, what an incredible human being who's been through so much. Uh-huh. So there's so for that, the comeback story, mm-hmm. the emotional story, I, you know, am I going to love him extra because he's a member of our tribe? He's mm-hmm. a dad in our tribe? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's also the performance of a lifetime. Yes. Undeniably the performance of a lifetime. And uh, I had big issues with the film and with the script and and some of the choices, but you cannot deny his performance. I believe that he deserves this Mm -hmm. without exception. Um, The rest of the... I loved the movie Living. Oh, my gosh. Like, I loved it on a level that surprised me. Yeah. Um, and there were some moments in Living that was absolutely... And his Bill Nye's performance, I love him anyway. Yes. Um, yes. Love him anyway. But and, and I thought, what a wonderful thing for the, him at this point in his career mm-hmm. to be taken very seriously as a serious actor, not just as comic relief. Right. Oh, I absolutely love that. But, um, but it doesn't uh, overshadow what um, Brendan Fraser did in The Whale. Mm-hmm. Now, I have also heard that there's a possibility that uh, Austin Butler could uh, possibly walk away with this, and I, I don't know what I will do, set my house on fire. Um, and listen, I think he's a lovely actor, and he did a great job. I don't want to take anything away from right, him. Right. Uh, but I think it's a deeply flawed movie, mm. and, um, and I love Baz Luhrmann, but I think it's a deeply flawed movie. And and I feel like, honestly, if I'm giving my honest opinion, I don't think that Baz, I'm going to call him Baz, <laughs> like we're friends, I don't think he trusted him enough. Mm. If you go back and watch the movie and see how long it takes before we actually get to see Austin's face, mm. he makes us wait a really long time because I don't think he trusted his performance. So that's my opinion on that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Colin Farrell, who I love. Also a, a member of our tribe, a yes. parent in our tribe. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that before. I wished he'd been nominated for 13 Lives. I don't know why 13 Lives isn't on this list. Mm. That also makes me mad and want to throw things. I'm throwing a lot of things today. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's Brendan Fraser. It's Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Uh, it has to be, and if it isn't, somebody's going to get cut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, what? Like, come on. Um, no, 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 come on. He hit, he ticks all the boxes it has to be. That's yep. all I'm saying. Yep. Okay, let's move on to the next category, which is Best Actress. That's right. Here we go. So a uh, lot of controversy in this category. We're going to dig into it. Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie. Kate Blanchett for Tar. Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, Anna DeArmas for Blonde, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Moira? Well, I did see all of these films. Oh, no, I lie. Didn't see all of these films. 
I saw 15 minutes of one of them. <laughs> but, uh, um, and, and were you sorry? And I was sorry. Um, Andrea Riseborough, um, we watched this, uh, the two Leslie film, we actually watched it as a double feature with the whale, which is like, uh, you know, we needed therapy and a hug and to have all <laughs> the like sharp implements shattered. hid. Shattered. We were yeah. shattered. Um, it's brutal, but it doesn't, it doesn't have the same deep sadness that the whale had. So mm-hmm. it, it was good. It was the second film we watched. Yeah. Um, and I was completely completely unfamiliar with Riseboro. I, I looked at her IMDb and I'm actually kind of shocked. I haven't seen, I knew the films, I recognized titles, but I'm like, how did I not see any of these films? And it's unusual for me to have an actor that I've just never seen them and they've had a career like, like she has. Can had. I tell you briefly, I had the exact opposite reaction. I was like, I've never seen this woman before. I don't know any. And then my husband went, no, look at all the films that she's been in that you love. And I was like, that was her. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I, I don't, didn't recognize. Her. I didn't recognize yeah. her in any mm-hmm. of the things. So well, go that's ahead. a good thing, isn't that? Yes. Yeah. And um, she was amazing. Um, I feel like the film shortchanged some of the characters' journey because I feel like you know at one point we skipped to ten months later, and I kind of wanted to see a little more. But man, was she! And it was a, you know could be a little you could call it kind of predictable. And also, I love Mark Maron, and I love that Mark oh, Maron yeah. is is doing more acting because he's he's yeah. just something about him is very just lovable but um but yeah it it was great performance great performance by her now kate blanchett love her love 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 could not get past the first 15 minutes of tar i just either i wasn't in the right frame of mind but i also felt like it felt pretentious to me yeah and i just felt like are you talking down to me am i just you know uh?" and i just I, i did not care for it um Michelle Williams uh, in The Fablemans, she was wonderful, but I wasn't blown away by The Fablemans. She's always good, but honestly, Manchester by the Sea, she's amazing. Um, And uh, it's strange to say that The Fablemans was kind of forgettable, because normally a Spielberg film is memorable, and this it it wasn't, so that's a a shame. Um, Anna de Armas, bless her heart. Um, I just want to give her an Oscar for, for getting through the filming of that movie because it was a difficult movie to watch. I felt like they didn't, they gave her one version of Marilyn to play, which she played incredibly well. Um, but it was so horrible, the film in general, that I, I just, I, I just went away from it going, these people don't like Marilyn Monroe. In fact, they hate her, you know, and I feel like she did well with what she was given, but, you know, bless her heart is what I'm saying. Um, so Michelle Yeoh, she's my lady. I love her. And I think it's just, it was all the planets aligning, you know, and she was the, this was the right point in her career. It brought together all of her skill set. And it's just marvelous. So I'm very pleased, and I'm hoping that she gets that Oscar because I think it would be a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah, I'm agree. I, you know, mm-hmm. we're agreeing across mm-hmm. the board here. Yep. I think it's Michelle Yeoh's uh, not to lose. I think mm-hmm. it's hers to win, mm-hmm. hands down. Um, and again, all the boxes. Mm-hmm. A fantastic performance that spans really what you would normally do in 12 films. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the emotional choice. It's the political choice. Mm-hmm. And for all those reasons, she has to win this. Um, I, I, there's been so much controversy in this category that kind of ticks me off. Mm. A lot of people have taken issue with Andrea Riseborough being nominated in this category. And the yeah, long and the short I don't know all the detail of that. So, so the yeah. long and the short of it is that people are taking exceptions, saying you know that this is... 
really what I have read is that this is white privilege that she is nominated here. Because in order to be nominated for a film, I didn't know this before this conversation. So mm-hmm. I always love that, you know, we elevate the conversation uh, by when we have controversy, right? That in order to get submitted, it's like a $20,000 entrance fee to put sh- to put the person up as a possible Just nomination. as a possible candidate. As a possible candidate wow. to be nominated. Now, normally, the production company will put people up and say, we're allotting this much in the budget to put them forward. And we've mm-hmm. seen across the board this year, there's all this controversy because people were or weren't put up for different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a cost to it. And Andrea Riseborough, along with the director, mm-hmm. there was no money from the production company. They weren't going to put anybody up. So together, they paid for her to be nominated. I see. Okay. And uh, she paid for it out of her own pocket and the director's pocket. And then... You know, they didn't have any money to put up billboards mm-hmm. and do things, which is what would have happened. You know, the, the production company mm-hmm. for Tar mm-hmm. put billboards everywhere for Kate Blanchett and sent out DVDs to people and said, please watch this film. Right. That is what normally happens. Andrea Riseborough did not have that. The director of the film did not have that opportunity. So what they did was they went to a couple of their friends and said, you know, uh, would you be willing to host a screening? And they were very high-level, influential Hollywood people. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, well, what about the people who don't have the opportunity to do that? I get that, but the issue is not with Andrea Riseborough. Right. The issue is why does it take Everybody, money yes. for anyone to right. be nominated? Why does Kate Blanchett have the opportunity to be nominated for a horrible film? I'll talk <laughs> about that in a second. So, and But I think the issue that people were having is, you know, why isn't Viola Davis in this category? Mm-hmm. Why isn't the lovely actress from Till in this category? Now, yes. I will have those yeah. conversations, but I think that Viola Davis isn't mm-hmm. because she didn't have a big enough role in the film. Mm-hmm. We can argue that. You can disagree with me. But the actress for Till, I don't know why mm-hmm. she's not here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's Andrea Riseborough. And I will tell you, I saw the, the film, the To Leslie, and her performance warrants her being here. Mm-hmm. She earned her way into this category, and she did it with her own ingenuity. Let's talk about Kate Blanchett. <laughs> I don't think she belongs in this category, but I don't think this film belongs in Best Picture. I think it's interesting to me that uh, Tar is the most misogynist movie I have ever seen, except for one other, Mm. Blonde, (laughs) which is also in this category. And I have a real problem with both of these films. And I I will say that I know, you know, as an actress, sometimes you read a script and you don't really know how it's going to be and whatever. But I would... I would... I have said that I think that Anna DeArmas is going to need therapy in the coming years over what happened in Blonde. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's shameful, mm. uh, absolutely shameful. It makes my blood boil. Uh, and I think the, the way that the film dealt with women and with Marilyn Monroe was disgusting. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. And, um, and this, the way the script was done, I know people, I, in my life I have known people who knew Marilyn Monroe well, were roommates with Marilyn Monroe. And she, and even, there's one little part in the film that somebody says something and then it never is flushed out in the film, but the person says, Marilyn Marilyn Monroe is the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. And that was true. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't, we didn't get to see that side of Marilyn. So I have issues with that. But in Tar, whoo, and Mm. you know, look, it's undeniable that Kate Blanchett is a brilliant actress. 
Uh, I don't think she's particularly good in this film. Mm. Uh, but the script is very pretentious. Mm. I don't know how anybody could watch it and mm. not feel talked down to. Um, and I think the film is anti women mm-hmm. um, and I and I also think it, it makes the case that people who are predators we should not negate their work that's mm-hmm. that's the thesis of this film which is trash mm. just trash mm. so that's how I feel about that and the fact that she won the BAFTA makes me want to spit mm. knives spit mm. knives uh, I didn't like the Fablemans I made no bones about that and I I love Michelle Williams I didn't like her in this film. I said, what is this, her answer to being mad that she didn't get uh, cast as Judy Garland? Mm-hmm. I mean, she was the wide-eyed mm-hmm. Judy Garland kind of, oh, you know. And, and people have said to me, no, but that's how Spielberg's mother was. And I was like, I, mm-hmm. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. You know, are, are we just doing impersonations of people in our real lives? Because then why wasn't it called the Spielbergs? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think the performance warranted this nomination. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. That's how I feel. Um, so... Having said all of that, mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh has to win this. Mm-hmm. The only other person I would consider getting this award would be Andrea Riseborough. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it I would shove into the ocean. Not disrespecting their attempts at performances, but I don't think that they warrant even the nomination, um, uh, but certainly not the statuette. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is how I feel yeah, about that. But feel ask about me that. how I feel. Uh, <laughs> You're you know, blocking. Whatever. You're blocking. Um, <laughs> Gemma, we're saying uh, hi. We're saying hi to Maria Go. and Michelle and Gemma. We're saying hi to you. Uh, you're in the UK and identify as being autistic, and you do your own autism content. I'm thrilled, thrilled you. that you are here. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. L- write in and tell us if you disagree with if you've seen any of these films and you disagree. Mm-hmm. We're going to move on to our next category, which is best director. Best director. I can't imagine that I'm going to have any emotions in this category. <laughs> Let's take a look here. It's Martin McDonough. For the Banshees of Inishirin, Todd Field for Tar, Ruben Ostlund for Triangle of Sadness, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, and the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel, Daniel Scheinart for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yeah. It's not only the Oscars so white, it's the Oscars so male. <laughs> yeah. And there we go. There okay, we go. so mm-hmm. let's, uh, what do you have to say about this? Well, you you know, we spoke of the Triangle of Sadness in a previous episode, and it, not one of my favorites, did not land with me. Um, and then Tar, Tar, Banshees, and the Fableman, I felt were meh, or I didn't like Tar at all. But, you know, so my, in my opinion, the only choice for me is the Daniels, is uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Daniel Kwan, Daniel Scheinhardt. That, that's what, it, you know, the, the planets aligning and, and what a director's job is to get their vision to the screen and also give the opportunity for all these really talented people to to explore their talent and reach for the stars. They succeeded in every aspect of this, and I believe they're the writers as well of yes. this. So, in give fact, it, give them all the prizes. Yes, we're <laughs> going to see in a second. The thing that was so shocking as I was preparing the slides for this is that the best director category is the exact match of the best original screenplay. screenplay. Mm-hmm. That all of these gentlemen. Uh, not only directed these films, but they wrote them. In some cases, they Mm co-wrote. But, um, yes, it matches exactly. Mm -hmm. So, very interesting. It almost makes the case that anymore, if you're going to be in the best director category, that it has to be so completely your vision that you were involved in the screenplay as well, Mm. which is interesting to me. So, um, yeah, for me, 
Now, we totally disagreed on the triangle of sadness. We did. So if you guys think that Moira and I agree on everything, let me just point out that, no, I loved Triangle Sadness so hard, uh, and she hated it. Uh, I think hated it is a, a, about accurate. as much. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I loved it. So I love, I even said that if I were unmarried and younger, I would want to have Ruben Oslin's children because I loved it that much. Um, so that's a lot for me. Um, yeah, I, and I can't wait. This was his first film in English language. Okay. So yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to go back and watch all of his other films, and I can't wait to see what else he does because he's vibing on a vibe that I'm really into. Really connecting to I'm you. I'm really, because it's different and it's weird, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, let's talk about everything else that I want to shove into the ocean. Um, really, you know, I made no bones about the fact that I really did not like Banshees of Inisherin. although I'm going to say I, the more time that goes, the more I'm starting to understand a little bit about it, but I still don't like it. Um, so there's that. I'm never going to like Tar. There's not ever going to be a day that I'm going to like Tar. There's never going to be a day that I recommend it to anybody. I've heard people talking about how Todd Field is a genius, mm-hmm. and I, like, am th- threatening to unfriend them. <laughs> Because I'm like, if you think if you think it is a genius to make a movie about how predators uh, should, you know, can have a platform to justify how their work should still be lauded, mm-hmm. I really don't have time for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we can have lots of differences, opinions, but if that's what you want to put your creative life into, ha, mm-hmm. I can't do it. Um, I I am not uh, uh, a Steven Spielberg sycophant. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I appreciate and I've loved many of his films, but I have also accused him of taking his thumb and sticking it in front of the camera, mm-hmm. um, that he's too present for me mm-hmm. as a director. Mm-hmm. But I, when I watch a film, I want to get lost in it and not be seeing your point of view. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. discuss that later on and go, look at this, look at that. Yeah. But, but I feel like he puts himself too much in the films. And I felt that um, in The Fablemans, he was too close to it. I think yeah. you said that you felt the same way, but mm-hmm. you love him. Yeah. I, I and I, you know, I have great love for him, mm-hmm. but don't always feel, I feel like he needs to have somebody assigned to follow him around and go, no, Stephen, yeah. you're putting yourself too much pull in back, it. Pull back, pull right. yeah. back. But, but I think his, his vision is worthwhile. But, um, and so for me, it is the Daniels. Yeah. Uh, they deserve this for best director. This is cutting edge, mm. take things in a new direction. It's like, you know, your, your heart jumps out of your chest and goes, what am I watching? It's, it's like there's, it, you know, it, I said I think it might be even too much, but it certainly is, uh, you know, w- worthy. Mm-hmm. So uh, absolutely the Daniels need to get this. We're saying hello to Susan. Mm-hmm. Andy says, you guys should be a part of the Academy making the calls on these. Thank you, Andy. Andy. We would love to be on the nomination committee. Can't agree more with Shannon, and and it's Moira. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to... Oh, on Marilyn. Oh, on Marilyn. Thank you. I thought he was saying more... (laughs) Shannon and and Moira. Yeah. No, Shannon on Marilyn. I want to see the genius side of her on screen so much and was denied yet again. Yep. Thank you, Andy. Um, Yes, take that film and shove it into the ocean. (laughs) I'm not about censorship. I'm not, but it's just really not worth watching. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so let's move on now to the identical identical list for Mm -hmm. best original screenplay. We have Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishir and Todd Field for Tar. 
Ruben Oslan for Triangle of Sadness. And here we have a slight change that we're adding Tony Kushner to Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. But once again, we have the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yep. Would you like to change your answer? I, my, that was my final answer, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, because I, I just really adored what they put together. I mean, it was an incredible and original Talk, yeah. I mean, best original screenplay, you know, and wow. And I guess you could argue that the same could be said for Triangle of Sadness and Banshees. I just didn't care for them. But they were original, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And actually, the thing you mentioned about Tar, that's a conversation I always have. How do you separate the art from the artist? Mm-hmm. And that is a really super challenging thing. And, of course, in these days, we... You know, uh, people are calling it cancel culture. I'm calling it consequences. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but, but it is, it begs the question, like, what, you know, what happens to this wonderful art? And how, because there's things like, I can't watch that anymore or whatever. And I don't like that. But I also, I don't know, you know, what are yeah. you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I will say maybe the best part of tar uh, that doesn't need to be shoved into the ocean is that we get to be inside the mind of the person who is justifying their behavior mm. and why and get to see the sheer hubris ah. of I am brilliant therefore, therefore. but here's mm-hmm. where the film fell apart for me is that I did not see that in Blanchett's performance mm. that the whole film I kept going saying to myself well Okay, but in order to be a predator, you got to have certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you got to have a certain cachet. And yes, she has she has the power because she is the conductor. But I I wasn't seeing why people were following her. She's pompous. Mm. She's condescending. She dresses unattractively. Mm. Like like I was like, what is the attraction here? It must be that when she conducts. Mm-hmm. That you just want You're to transported, right? That yeah. you want to be a part of mm. what she's doing. Because I mean, I can watch Dudamel and I go, mm. I I would like to be his best friend. Yeah. Because he emotes and he, and she gets up to conduct, and I think it's some of the worst acting I've seen. Mm. She does not look like she knows what she's doing. If you've ever been been to see, I think it's bad. Mm. I, I'm just gonna say, mm. I think it's bad. Yeah. Um, but um, oh, Gemma. Gemma. Gemma, lovely. We love that you found us on recommended live streams and that you've subscribed and you love that you said, uh, I love that you're explaining all the movie information. It makes it easier to process. Thank oh, you so I'm much. So That's so meaningful to us. I'm so glad. That's wonderful. Okay, let's move on to best screenplay adapted. adapted. It gets a little bit interesting here because this is a... A wide range of films. It is. Uh, that you go, wow, what do these things have in common? So uh, I'm going to slaughter names here. <laughs> I'm not even going to say them. I'm not going to sw- slaughter them. Mm-hmm. So best screenplay adapted. The films are Living, Top Gun Maverick, mm-hmm. Women Talking, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, and All Quiet on the Western Front. Mm-hmm. I, these films couldn't be more different, and yet they're up for the same award. Very interesting category. Um, for me, I'm going to go with, I think I can say his last name, Ishiguru, mm-hmm. uh, for living, because I just thought that was a, a, a just a lovely film. And I, I honestly would be upset. I will... I will take off my earrings and throw my throw knives if All Quiet on the Western Front wins because I feel like I, I read this book in high school and I found it very moving and I'm, I remember it. 
And I actually gave up on the film about halfway through because I was just like, it's too much about the gore and not enough about the emotion of the fact that this gung-ho kid is like sucked into a horrible war, World War One, um, and uh, which was supposedly the war to end all wars, but no, did not. Yeah. Um, didn't take. Didn't take. Um, but. It just sort of lost that. It lost the, the emotion for me. So um, Top Gun, Maverick, and Glass Onion, I'm not, I don't know, you know. I mean, I, I liked both of them, but I, you know, I'm not sure. I guess I'd have to, part of me feels like I'd have to be familiar with the, the source material in a way. And um, maybe that's not fair because I'm not familiar with the source material for living. But what are your thoughts on that for I'm, adaptation? I'm in a little bit of a quandary in this category because I'm thrilled that Top Gun Maverick is in here because it's a surprise, mm -hmm. but the script is really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I'm glad that it got the nomination, but it would be weird for me if it won. Uh, I also, you know, we watched All Quiet on the Western Front with my son who had read the book and seen the original movie, and I saw the original movie, but I don't remember it. It was so long ago, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but I, you know, I was like, whenever you're going to remake something, I'm like, why? Why yeah, are you, bring, what's, your, what's your agenda? Bring something else to yeah, the table. Like, yeah. what are you bringing? Why do we need to, because if we have it and it was done well the first time, what is it about it that you need to do? And, and it, there were some changes, but I think everybody's in agreement that the changes weren't good. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> and you know, it's beautiful film and whatever, but I'm like, do we, oh, do we need to see all that war and like, because it's a, it's a war is hell movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, because we don't know? Mm -hmm. Apparently we don't. Okay. <laughs> um, but I don't think that that, I, especially because the changes in it, I don't care for, and a lot of people didn't care for. I don't think it's, I, I, I'm like, no. I didn't think that the glass onion and knives, I'm, I'm like, really? That uh, for a script? Like, were we that thin on scripts this year that we couldn't? Mm -hmm. um, mm, okay. Um, so that leaves me with living and women talking. Mm -hmm. I loved living. Yeah. I love living. Oh, and I skipped right over women talking, didn't I? <laughs> well, you did. Yeah. I was a little surprised. Yeah, yeah. I really did like that. Yeah, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and I, you know, my feeling about women talking is that uh, it's not a movie that you love. It's a movie that you appreciate. Yeah. Where it's coming from. And, and you appreciate the performances and you appreciate what the movie is saying. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a hard watch mm -hmm. for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Um, that it's a painful subject, yep. and it almost plays like a play. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, although it was adapted from a book, mm -hmm. and the way it was adapted from the book is very interesting because mm -hmm. it wasn't until afterwards that I went back and said, okay, what is the real story? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I was like, oh, okay. So I don't know. I'm of two minds. I loved living, but I have to say that I don't think the script is what I loved about it. I love the direction. Okay. Okay. Love the direction. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Why is he not nominated in the director category? Mm. Um, but, you know, okay. So I I'll, be, oh, I'll be okay if living wins. I'll be okay if women talking wins. Mm -hmm. I will not be okay if all quiet on the Western Front, but I'm not going to take off my earrings and throw them. <laughs> um, if, if Top Gun were to win, I guess I wouldn't be fatutsed about it. Mm -hmm. Um, what else did I forget? I, I think I would be for oh, Toots Glass, Glass Onion, onion one. Yeah. I, I just don't think, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was that good. You know, and, and I can't believe I skipped Women Talking because I really did like that film. Um, and I think of the, t of that category, Living in Women Talking would be 
fine with me. I think it's got to be between them. Yeah, yeah. And I, one of the things I did like about women talking, and I think maybe because it was in the hands of a female director, yes. was the fact that you did not see the violence. And yeah. that was, it was, but it was about the violence that happens to women. And yes. that I felt grateful for because sometimes it's like, Oh, yeah. you know, like, I don't, like you need to trigger me. Yeah, exactly. To get me there, to get me there to, it's like yeah. you don't, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, yeah. yeah, there we go. All right. Uh, yeah. So there it is. Well, uh, it's the one that I care the least about. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that says that hmm. I care the least about it. Hmm. Okay. Let's move on to our next category, which is best international feature film. And we were going to, we were uh, talked about leaving this off um, because in all honesty, I haven't seen enough of the films uh, I, I don't know how many of them you've seen, uh, but we decided to include it because we're both fatutsed. Because- we're both mad because RRR is not in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like- but again, we go back to the way films, are, the way you can be nominated. The country of India was responsible for submitting it in this category, and they chose not to. And do they have to pay $20,000? Yes. See, now this this pisses me off because I did not know this before all, yes. of, all of this controversy. Yeah. Uh, you know... I don't like it because then it's part of a marketing thing, that you is know, exactly which I know everybody is. has said, and we know this because yeah. we can tell when a studio has a lot of money behind something. But but this is so exclusionary, you know. It's, well, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, countries are only allowed to submit one, one. film, mm-hmm. and so India submitted something else. I don't know what they submitted, but it mm-hmm. didn't get nominated. Um, and it's so, it's, it is the, and I've heard people say that they didn't because they thought that RRR would be up for best picture and the fact that it's not is criminal. Right. Um, I disagree with that. want to throw my shoes for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, here no. we are. Here is what actually is All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, The Quiet Girl, Close, and EO. Yep. Do you and want I to talk about watched, anything? Yeah, I only watched half of all Quiet, Quiet on the Western Front, so I really can't speak to this category except for my annoyance of RRR <laughs> not being included. But but you don't it, feel that All Quiet on the Western Front should get it? Um, n- n- you know, it's funny. I think I'm more forgiving of like welcoming in a, a foreign film, like because I think Parasite got both. Yes, and I that didn't piss me off because I love no, Parasite. I was quiet. But I, you know, it's one of those like sometimes. Oh, you're going to get this, but you won't get that. Is sometimes what I see happen with the with yes. the academy. So, I uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess I don't have I, though the strongest feeling I have is RRR, and it's not here. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I did watch All Quiet on the Western Front, and I toughed it out through the whole thing. I did watch all of Argentina 1985, mm-hmm. which I think um, I think it's a good movie. It's a flawed movie. It it really centers on a political thing that happened in Brazil. And if you don't know what happened, mm. which I, you know, I was away at college and didn't have a TV and didn't follow this thing that was happening in Brazil. So I didn't know. Um, and once you get to the end and you understood what happened, it, I almost think I would enjoy it more the second time because there are dynamite performances in it. Mm. I will say that. Uh, I have not yet seen The Quiet Girl. I intend to watch The Close uh, Close this weekend, and I've heard amazing things about Close. This okay. is a Swedish film about two little boys that are friends that somebody says, oh, I think that they're gay. And, oh, and, and, that, I've, I yeah. actually read an article about that. And yeah. I really, I'm People looking for, I've heard it. it's great. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and I have not seen EO and Kenny, or The Quiet Girl, and I can't even speak to those. I, I don't really even know mm-hmm. uh, what they're about. So that's not fair. But I will say that the, uh, 
in all the polls, it mm-hmm. has it neck and neck between All Quiet on the Western Front and Close. Okay. But it has All Quiet on the Western Front winning. And so I can't really speak to, because I haven't seen Close, mm-hmm. but from what I've heard about Close and what I saw in All Quiet on the Western Front, I'm going to be voting for Close. <laughs> so there we go. There you uh, go. I, actually, right. I'm going to write in RRR, yep. and that's what I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> uh, and now we have arrived at Best picture Best picture and of course now we have 10 films to choose from mm-hmm. um and yet somehow there seem to be ones that are missing mm-hmm. uh okay so let's go down the list here top gun maverick women talking the banshees of inishirin everything everywhere all at once triangle of sadness the fablemans all quiet on the western front mm-hmm. Avatar, The Way of Water, which we have not discussed at all. Isn't that amazing? Because it wasn't nominated for anything else in the categories that we discussed. Elvis and Hapatatar. There we go. All Uh, right. Well, you know my pick. It's my statement necklace, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, But I have to take a moment to comment on Avatar. Go for it. uh, We did go to see that, and um, it was in 3D. Went to the movie theater, and... uh, it's a spectacular, beautiful film, but which is basically a travel log for come visit Pandora, you know, and look at our beautiful oceans. And uh, the story was kind of non-existent. It's like it's the weirdest thing because I feel like um, uh, uh, James Cameron is a good storyteller, but it's like he forgot to do it this time around so and now there's going to be two more of them so i'm like okay but i will say one thing you should do if you can if you're given the opportunity and you're at disney world's animal kingdom and you're in pandora there they have disney's uh they have avatar flight of passage which is breathtaking and incredible so do that instead of seeing this movie that's my opinion and uh and then what i do for my oscar party that i hope to get back to doing next year is um i make food choices based on the best picture so for top gun it's going to be wings because you can bing my wing man anytime and then for women talking for the mennonite community i'm going to go with dutch apple pie um the banshees of inishirin would be Fish fingers and fingerling potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be fun. Everything everywhere all at once would be an everything bagel, but or like you you would mentioned hot dogs. It should be the hot dog fingers. (laughs) Um, Triangle of sadness. I would pick Doritos because I just think they're sad. Um, And uh, the Fablemans. They celebrated a Jewish holiday in Uh the in the film. So I'm going to order something fabulous from my local Jewish deli because that would be wonderful. And then um, all quiet on the Western Front. Going to go with. Bratwurst. Okay. Um, Avatar's got to be sushi. Um, Elvis glazed donut. And uh, for tar, it would either be steak tartare or tuna tartare. Okay. You know, I don't know how to do a pretentious dish, but that's pretentious and it that's has a name in it. Yeah. So, Absol- I love so that. there you go. That's I my that. that's my thought. But yeah, my vote for best picture would definitely be um, everything, everywhere, all at once. And I I was wondering what you think constitutes a best picture because I think there's so many moving parts with filmmaking that it's like how is this one better than that one and it's hard to compare because they're they are so different yeah and but I think there are elements yeah and of course my pick for best picture is also everything everywhere all at once um 
and I love Gemma. I love that you wrote in and said that for you, the best picture is Elvis. Mm -hmm. uh, Beth says I only saw Top Gun and Elvis. So glad to hear all your thoughts. <laughs> and and Gemma loved Elvis the film many times and, and loved it. And I love hearing that because sometimes people get something from a film that, 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 you that don't. other people yeah. don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I, I love that. I always respect because, you know, it's just like when people say, well, my favorite color is blue and somebody else says magenta. Mm -hmm. You're not going to argue that. Like, really? Right. Why don't you like blue? Right. You know, every, every, we all have the things that we're drawn to. Mm -hmm. But I really want everything everywhere all at once. For me, best picture one important element is that there has to be really good cinematography in mm. it. Mm. That it, it, the medium is visual. visual. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if you have missed out on that in creating your film, then you're not going to be the best picture. Mm. So for me, that's a key element. It can't even be nominated. And I think that most of the um, films in the category have at least an element of that. Mm -hmm. But I think that Everything Everywhere All at Once wins yeah. on that category. I also think that um, the film has to be, there has to be something in the story that I walk in and I see this film and I am in some way changed. Now, mm. it could be that you changed my opinion about something. Mm -hmm. It could, in some cases, it changes your DNA. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how you look at the world, how you look at yourself. I want to have a transformative experience in, um, or something that I take with me in the future, that somehow this movie goes with me or that it changes me. Mm -hmm. That's really, really important to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so th those are two. But I also think that there's the script has to have enough in it that there are performers that get to, as they're telling the story, because for me it's all about telling the story, mm -hmm. and, and that the actors have some room to you know to do something that's that's larger than life because right. film is larger than life mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and so i want to see I, I think a really important example is what's the film that a couple of years ago they mistakenly read the wrong one is it oh, is it midnight moonlight, moonlight. moonlight. yeah mm -hmm. moonlight i thought that was a great example because there was some brilliant, uh, it was a small film, mm -hmm. but there was some really brilliant cinematography in it. Beautiful. This, it, mm -hmm. You couldn't leave that film not changed. Mm -hmm. You couldn't leave mm -hmm. that film not changed. And the script had enough that, you know, some actors got to tell a story in a way that, that maybe we wouldn't have told the story before. Mm -hmm. and, and I thought that, I thought it deserved it. Whereas La La Land did not leave me changed. Mm. Brilliant cinematography. Loved it. Fun. And there were some performances, but mm -hmm. I did not leave that changed or informed. Mm. There's no part of it that I go, oh, you know, this part. But that, the other movie, Moonlight, stays with me. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's the difference of Best Picture. What is it for you? You know, I think it's, it's very similar to what you're saying. And I think that sometimes I get overwhelmed by a really brilliant performance and mm -hmm. I kind of don't see the negatives because I'm so enraptured by this brilliant mm -hmm. performance but um but yeah I think that it it's it's seeing it all come together and sometimes like directing the director kind of gets in the way of the film yes. and the story being told like um uh one a great example of a director not getting in the way and I'm not going to remember his name was um 12 years a slave that mm. was beautifully directed and that's the but I didn't notice it being directed I just noticed the yeah. story unfolded in a in a way that was just I don't know, it just 
magical. I don't know. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I think because it's a visual medium, it has to take advantage of that. And um, and there are things you can do in film that you can't do on stage. So I think you're right with the whale being kind of presented as a stage play. It 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 was not taking advantage of the medium. And but they did at least do the aspect ratio was smaller. It was square yeah. like a TV, yeah. um, and that made Brendan Fraser's character look so huge, you know, yeah. so much more huge, you know. And um, so yeah, it, it's that's always a and and again, it is. It's like your favorite color. It's what speaks to you. What yeah. do you remember? And that's why you know you know we say we're gonna throw knives or whatever, but we're you know. Yeah, it's everybody's opinion. Everybody has one, and that's, you know. Yeah, if mm -hmm. I thought that that was really it. Yeah. But a lot of times what makes me mad is that I feel like it becomes more about the political. Yes, Or yes. more about the who spent the most money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I, you know, I, I like it when it's the person, when it all jives and it's the person who did did a really good performance that across right. most people that they go, okay, that was a beautiful performance. Mm. And, you know. Oh, Gemma, that's beautiful. Gemma says, I really love the Elvis film because of the message of being different is okay. Yeah. Elvis film really spoke to me. Yes, that's beautiful. And that, I think that's important. That's important. You know, and I love that that is available and out there yeah. and that's a perception of it that is beautiful. Thank yeah. you, Gemma. I, you know, I, I, if we were to go down our top five favorite films of all time, um, and certainly in mine, that thing you do would be included. And mm. a lot of people go, <laughs> why is that movie in your top five? And I'll tell you why, because it, I feel good mm. about myself and the world when I watch that movie. Yeah. It brings me joy. I mm -hmm. think it says something really important about you know, how you overcome obstacles, mm. how you deal with things. I love that movie, but mm. it brings me joy. And and that's really the purpose of film. Yes. We've had many films this year that that were an homage to film. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Babylon, which we didn't get to talk about because there weren't any, but, you know, mm -hmm. it's supposed to be a whole homage to film. I think it's a deeply, deeply flawed film, but in the places where it truly is an homage to film, it's worth watching. Mm. Um, but... You know, Fableman's Fableman, is an yeah. homage to film. Empire of Light is mm -hmm. an homage to films. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I I love films for the transformative element of it. Mm -hmm. My dear uh, departed friend, Joanne Laura, who used to, that was the thing that she would do. She would work so hard in this in this world of, of autism to help as many people as she could. But if you couldn't find Joanne, it was because she was in the fourth row of the arc light mm -hmm. with her thing of popcorn. And she said, because I love to be in the dark and be told a story. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing better mm -hmm. to sit in the dark and be transported and be told a story. Yeah. So yeah, the power of storytelling is, and, and I feel it does bring us together as humans because yes. we're exploring the human experience. And I'm, I'm thrilled there's more voices being brought to the table, not as fast as I would like, but yep. they're, they're coming. And I want that. I want to see the perspectives, different perspectives and see where we have commonalities. You yes. Know? And yeah. I hope that um, the Academy takes a real hard look at how the, the nomination process is, and, and if you have to pay to play, mm -hmm. that that's is, a, that's a barrier. It's an issue. It's an issue, it's, and mm -hmm. 
And yay to Andrea Riseborough for deciding that she was going to take the reins herself mm-hmm. and pay to nominate herself. Right. But I, I, I don't, nothing should be taken away from her. Right. No controversy should be attached to her, but it should be attached to the to Academy. The Academy. Yeah. And it should be looked at. It absolutely should. Okay. Amen. We're out of time. Mm-hmm. We've gone a little bit over, but we appreciate all of you who chimed in. And Gemma, so glad to have you here. Mm-hmm. Welcome you to our other conversations on our other shows. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that the next time that we will be doing this show will be during the Autism Network podcast-a-thon. We are going to be doing uh, a 44-hour, we're going to try, <laughs> 44 hours live, nonstop for the Autism Network. And each hour, if you go now to autismnetwork.com, you can click on, there's a little red box that says podcast-a-thon. If you click on it, you have many different things that you can look at, but the calendar Uh, I've started putting information in there so you can see what is in different hours. Every hour, it's a different topic, different hosts, different subjects. Obviously, there will be, um, we're going to give you plenty of opportunity for Ask Dr. Doreen so you can ask questions of her. There are a few hours of Autism Live where I've got some great guests. Uh, In the first day, I get to interview Dr. Stephen Shore and Dr. Temple Grandin. It doesn't get better than that, my, Mm -hmm. my friends. Um, but we have several other entities that are going to be taking over and doing their podcasts, things like the Autism Dadvocate, the Just Two Dads, the Autism Driven Dad. we got the dad thing covered because we Excellent. don't normally have that. Um, but also 25, uh, 25-year look across the spectrum with Kelly Birmingham and uh, Jennifer Lucera. Um, how about Turn Autism Around with Dr. May- Mary Barbera or the Autism Helper with Sasha Long? I mean, it's, it's going to be so much fun, so much information in a 44-hour time period. We're going to go, people are like, well, what time are you stopping at 11 o'clock at night? No, <laughs> we're going all the way around the clock twice. Many of you have written into us from Dubai and Australia and South Africa. By the way, we have uh, a podcast going to be Autism What Now with uh, Ilana Gershlowitz from South Africa. Uh, we have a, a mom podcaster um, for the Autism Awareness Radio Show uh, that is very popular in India. So wow. we've got all of these different podcasts, and they're going to take over different hours. Um, I'm very excited that Stories from the Spectrum will also be represented with Amy Gravino hosting some of the time, Dr. Carrie Magro hosting some of the time. So. You know, it's a, it's a little bit of everything. We're really excited about it. But we will do Let's Talk Movies yes. in one of the hours. Mm-hmm. And we've decided our topic Yep. that you want to say. Yeah, yeah. it is um, autism in the movies. And are we broadening it to movies and television or just movies? I was thinking, think, well, I don't know. Yeah. I'm okay with either. It, yeah, because I want, and I would love suggestions. If You know, I mean, yep. the first one that comes to mind is, of course, Rain Man, which, yep. you know, that's one of the their original ones that covered the topic. So anything else? And good, bad, fabulous, whatever, we'll talk about it. And sometimes autism isn't explicitly said. Yes, that's but true. But we see a character that we go, okay, this, this that person's that looks on like the spectrum. it's very yeah. mm-hmm. likely. And, I, and I've got one oldie but goodie that's on my top five of all time films mm. that I will be bringing up that I want to make the case that a, a very well-known character 
I believe, that is on the autism spectrum. Mm. So, although I'm not allowed to diagnose, that's not not my thing, but I want to make the case that I think it was one of the first films in which autism was depicted. And I'll give you all a hint uh, that I named my son son after a character in the film. In the film. There you go. Mm. So, because I love the film that much, it's in my top five. Mm. All right, so that all starts on April 4th at 3 p.m. Pacific time. I'll have you guys do the math for wherever you are in the world um and then we will go live for 44 fingers crossed live for 44 hours non-stop and stop two days later at 11 o'clock in the morning and i will be exhausted then because i'm going to stay through the whole thing i am going to take naps but if you think my hair looks crazy now let's wait and see <laughs> and by the way in the final hour um well first of all let me say in the first hour in the kickoff who the guests are um joe montagna oh Holly Robinson Pete and Kobe Bird. Oh, fabulous. Will be our panel in the first hour. And then in the final hour, we have some surprises that we'll reveal later on. But there is a rumor going around that Dr. Grant Pichet will shave my head in the final hour. I think it's entirely possible that that will happen. And I hope that you guys will tune in because somebody in the following week will be having a big birthday, Dr. Grant Pichet. <laughs> and uh, we will be celebrating that in the last hour. Don't tell her. Uh, she's not going to watch the last few minutes of this, but I'm, it's oh. a little bit of a surprise. So don't tell her. <laughs> but we will be celebrating celebrating her birthday in the last hour as mm. she's shaving my head. We'll try not to get any hair in the cake. Um, but we've done this before. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, we, I remember you before. You shaved your head before. I'm doing it again. That's got to be incredibly liberating. At least that's, I think, I think we're doing it again. I think, right. I think we're going to be doing a thing that across the, that um, during my segments, we're going to be asking people to make donations for iPads. I would like to get oh, some iPads into yes. kids' hands, and we're going to set a dollar amount, and if we reach it, then then we will shave my head. Uh-huh. I would like to know that if I shaved my head that it meant that some it, people had the ability to communicate. Yes, yes, you know. giving a voice back. I don't need oh. to shave my head. I, it's for a purpose. <laughs> yes. Um, oh. I've shaved my head before. It's, Fabulous yeah. purpose. Anyway, um, uh, uh, Gemma says, thank you for raising the autism profile. I'm pleased I have subscribed. I'm so glad that you're with us and can't look... I can't wait. I look forward to more conversations with you as you watch some of the other shows. I especially want you to check out, uh, because you said you do your own content, I want you to check out Stories from the Spectrum because that is only content that is made, created, performed, edited by individuals who identify as being neurodiverse, and maybe we have a place for you there. So take a look at it and let us know what you think. It's Stories from the Spectrum, uh, one of the many podcasts that we do here. All right. Thank you so much, Moira. This was fun. It was delightful. (laughs) You are so delightful, and you're such a gift to our community. Oh, same, in so many ways. Same right back at you. Well, thank you. <laughs> I don't deserve that. But uh, you guys, we're back on Monday. We've got an amazing lineup next week for you. No time to talk about it. But until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now. Bye.